0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to a long hiatus that I have had from this podcast. I tried to do a few solo episodes, a few things to keep us rolling through the COVID-19 situation. However, I am back with another guest on this episode. I am coming out of the gates hot. And we sat down with the CEO of a company called Lock Supply. A man by the name of John Orman, the third, was my guest on this episode. Um, he is the CEO, like I said, of Lock Supply. Lock Supply is a large supplier of HVAC equipment, electrical supplies, plumbing equipment, and tools. Uh, John was born and bred here in Oklahoma, and the company, Lock Supply, has grown to, listen closely, half a billion dollars in revenue business half a billion dollars in revenue with over 180 locations spread over seven different states and is 100% employee owned, which we talk about a little bit in the podcast. John has spent nearly 23 years working for this company, Lock Supply, and he started out as a warehouse worker. Through hard work and great mentors, he was able to work all the way up to his position now, which he holds as CEO. He imparted on me some seriously great information on distribution, uh, the key to success and growth of your business, and why he thinks that employee-owned businesses are something that almost every company should look into. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, and John, thank you so much for being on this episode of Chatter with Steve.
1: No, I man, I just have water. I'm I'm good. Thank you. Thank you though.
0: All right, John Orman, and it is the third, right? It is the third. Yeah, I just works. named my son Steve. Steve Cook. He's gonna be the third. See, oh, he's the third. Yeah. Well, we all got different middle names, but so I guess not technically.
1: Now, mine, are, mine are the same. Uh, my uh, well, you know, he definitely wouldn't be listening to this. The first two weren't really worth much, so but it still <laughs> matters. One of them's still around, so. Um, you know, it's uh, I have to sign it that way and everything.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That's funny. So um, you,
1: you're you're the second or are you junior? I'm second. Yep. I'm so a, a yeah,
0: I'm yeah, yeah. A little bit different there, but yeah, I've got. Uh, like I said, I've got a uh, lot of respect for business people and stuff like that. So I wanted to, you know, have you on, pick your brain. Um, you've worked with. I tried to do, do as much research as possible. Um, I've. As far as I could tell, you worked for Lock Supply for a long time, right?
1: Yeah, since uh, since 1996. I actually uh, started when I was still in high school, and um, I left uh, for like 11 months in 2000, <laughs> uh, but I came back, so I was only gone for months. Where'd you go
0: for the 11 months? Was it a hiatus or another? another no,
1: my, my parents, my dad was a machinist, and, and my parents had had a machine shop for uh, since 90, huh. um, and um or even a, bit, a little bit longer than actually, I can't remember exactly. But they'd had a machine shop for a while, and I, I grew up working in that machine shop with my with my dad, and he, uh, 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 it was my stepdad, but anyway, he, uh, I learned how to run mills and lays and stuff like that. And uh, when I was fourteen, and um, that was a job that I had as a teenager. And and um, uh, when I stopped doing that and actually got a you know taxpaying job, <laughs> I uh, sort of found lock and and it, it had progressed through lock until. Um, 99 and 2000, and and my parents had been after me for a while to move and work that business. Mm -hmm. And so they finally convinced me to do that, and so I'd left Locke um, and—love Locke, but um, I uh, just—I was in Ponca City at that time. I'd moved around a couple times and um, was ready to leave there, and so I I moved home with them and invested a lot of time and money in that, and we were really doing well, but it just happened to be at that that period of time where uh, there was an election coming— and um, uh, unit parts <clears throat> was the the company that farmed all of their business out to another machine shop, which my parents got then all of their business from that company. Mm. And so that's sort of how and my that my parents had. So diversi- you had a connection there. Yeah, they hadn't diversified very much yet, mm-hmm. and we were just starting that. And. Uh, six months after, uh, I moved and, and quit working for lock and went to work with my parents, um, unit parts picked up their manufacturing facility and moved it to Mexico <laughs> and, it, and, and it bankrupted me and, and my parents. Oh! And so we uh, tried to stay alive for just a, a, a float for a couple of weeks. And, but, uh, uh, I drew, um, I'd work, I've been working since I was 14, so I hadn't had a job. I've been without a job in that time. And, uh, I drew one unemployment check. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. And Don't I want said, to go back. No, or? and I said I told my parents. I said I love you, but I I can't I can't live like this. I have to have a job and went back to lock, So Gotcha.
0: So yeah. did you go back to the same place you were? I'm assuming you're at like one location at the time or something.
1: Or? No, yeah. So the headquarters is there in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. and uh, we had uh, uh, I started out in the warehouse and. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked in the warehouse at nights, pulling orders for a couple of years, and then I moved to Stillwater and worked in one of the branches. Oh, okay. And I'll I'll kind of give you some background about the company here in just a, a minute, but uh, I worked in that branch for about nine months, and they they offered me a position managing a branch in Ponca City, so I picked up and I moved to Ponca, and I was there for about fifteen months, and <laughs> after I left and went uh, went to Lawton uh, with my parents, and because um, my parents at that time had then moved to Lawton from Oklahoma City, and I. <laughs> when the business failed and everything cr, you know, kind of went down that way, I was mentally out yeah, and I didn't want to manage anything anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I just called, uh, my previous supervisor who was one of the, uh, pillars and, uh, longtime vice president of LockSpli and his name is Louis Severe. And I said, Louis, I need a job. And, uh, I said, can he, <laughs> what can you do? And he said, let me see what I can do. And the guy that originally hired me that still was in the warehouse called me the very next day and said, are you, are you looking? And I said, sure. And I, I, he said, when can you start? I said, now, he said, be here (laughs) this afternoon. (laughs) Yeah. And I said, okay, be there Monday. So, and that kind of went from there. Been there ever
0: since. That's crazy. That's awesome. So talking about, you know, the scope of the business now, 180 stores,
1: is that right? So we have, um, 179 different selling facilities. So that's, uh, um, either a sales office or, or, um, yeah. but they all process transactions. Sure. We'll call it that way. Okay. Um, but we only have about 70 physical properties. Okay. So we serve, um, uh, electrical plumbing, HVAC, um, those three segments plus the commercial offsets of them. Okay. Um, and so we, we serve the professionals. So in one building, we'll have a 30, 35,000 square foot building but we'll have three different selling counters, three different disciplines. Gotcha. So while we only have roughly 70 facilities, we have three different managers, three different inventories, and that, they're running different businesses. They run, basically. they run, they're just they share a roof because the those disciplines, those the professional contractors, they, Mr. Locke found out a long time ago, they they, that's convenience for them. Mm-hmm. And what you'll end up with is you'll end up with you'll have maybe a plumber that's just a plumber and he has a plumbing business. But you'll also have a guy that has an HVAC business, and then you'll have guys that have both. And so those three disciplines that, uh, that he added and created, he learned that, uh, you know, for the most part, contractors don't – a plumber doesn't want to stand next to an electrician. Yeah. And so they, we split the counters up for that reason, and huh. it's worked really well for us. Um, so we share roofs and share resort resources, uh, but there are three different selling facilities.
0: And it's very much B2B. I mean – Absolutely. Yeah.
1: We, uh, we sell to the retail but we don't advertise that way. Um, like I'm, you know, I'm not a contractor. I mean, if I walked in today, we'll, we'll definitely sell to me. I mean, sure. there's a few items that we can't. But we don't advertise that way. Right. Um, there's separate pricing structures. Um, so our 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 business model is the professional. That's that's who we're trying to serve. Sure. We'll do the other things, but it's that's not our core business. Right. Which sometimes gets us in a little bit of trouble on social media. But
0: gotcha. You know, yeah. Gotcha. Because you're not trying to. Reach a retail type right clientele. We don't advertise that way. We don't sure. We don't do that. Gotcha. So. Um, as far as like your day to day, what does it look like for you know? Are you just putting out fires all day? Is it you know? Because I would imagine that when it gets to your point, I <laughs> you mean, from
1: from my chair, it, it's a real
0: issue, right? I mean, so
1: um, I, no, I, you know, Lock Supply is is uh, uh, structured really well. Um, my predecessor, uh, Tammy Bryant, I worked with her for. I don't know, nearly 10 years almost every day. And, um, and I was, uh, I was her COO okay. and, and, uh, wasn't always in that position, but I progressed up to there, especially the last several years, the last few years of, of, uh, her position when she was CEO. But, um, the team that we built in preparation, cause you know, she had a retirement plan and, and we had oh, things okay. in, in place. The team that we built, uh, before she retired is, is the team that's currently in place and it's, it's, it's pretty solid um so i'm i'm very fortunate to have a group of people around me that um uh help manage and operate the organization and i just couldn't have a better group of people with that so to be honest uh, you know if any of my associates any of the associates listen to this they're like he doesn't do anything well, <laughs> I, you know uh, different level of anything um, but no it's it's not all putting out fires a lot of it is but um when covid happened i i have to travel a lot um, gotcha. Different conferences, uh, different meetings, and things like that. Is that mostly with like
0: vendors and stuff, or
1: yeah? So we're we're part of a of a buying group, a marketing group called Affiliated Distributors. Okay. And um, it, it is basically uh, if you're in that group, um, you network with uh, like businesses throughout the United States and Canada huh. and Mexico. Gotcha. And so we'll have different, we have multiple meetings and, and we're actually, they have multiple segments, including all the ones we're in. Uh-huh. So we have multiple meetings and conferences like that. And you go and you spend a couple of days talking with other business leaders and other distributors uh, about your problems and your successes. And, and it's, gotcha. it's really good networking and it's phenomenal and, and we very much enjoy it. So I travel for that plus other things. And so I had a lot of travel involved, but when COVID happened, 50% of my calendar just went blank. Cleared out. Yeah. So right now, are you working from home a lot, or no? I I don't I don't like to work from home. Gotcha. Um, I still go to the office. Um, I we are an essential business, so sure. We uh, uh, you know we have a special responsibility to the community, Um, and I explained this to some of the associates because they asked why, you know, why isn't Lock Supply closed down? I said well, and I would send email communications because we have like thirteen hundred employees, and and, uh, we would tell them said listen, you, you think of it this way, if if businesses like us don't stay open you'll have hundreds of thousands of people across the nation without hot water in a matter of a week. And so you, you just can't do that. So we have a special responsibility to the communities to be open. So that made it really easy for us to stay open and we put some restrictions and stuff in place, but um, we stayed there for the contractors and uh, and for the communities. And, and I'm not somebody that likes to work from home, so I go to the office. Gotcha. Uh, I try to separate that as much as I can. It's I just, it's healthy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and works really well. But uh, I can, but then all. Disclosure. If I tell you if I'm working from home, that's a lie. I don't, I'm not working. <laughs> on my, my phone's always with me, but that's, that's not, that's a lie. I'm not working. I hate it because I, if something stressful will happen, I'll be like, be quiet. <laughs> I'm yeah, a worse parent. <laughs> I, I have, you know, several, some of the management team, I kind of forced them to just because uh, we were a little bit unsure about the degree right. of, um, covid what it was going to sure. be it was kind of so, wonky for a little while yeah so there was there, there was a period of time where some of the management team didn't want to but um you know i unfortunately they didn't have a choice i said well you guys are going to split up and do it this way because we had to protect the company first and so uh put some safety stuff in place for a few weeks and they did that and some liked it some didn't mm-hmm. um so some people it worked for really well some it doesn't i you know unfortunately i didn't uh, i didn't have to do that so yeah i, I, st- I kept going in
0: that's awesome. Do you um you know, talking about your your role how does like for me it's almost like overwhelming trying to think of with only the two stores and us like about to have a third I'm like okay, you know, to grow the sales or whatever, I'm so hands-on now it's like I got to do this, I got to do this. How do you, you know, grow a company or you know, whatever it might be the best way to grow a company or you know, how do you have control over when you have that many employees, that many locations? How, how can you make decisions that would grow the? You know what I mean? Is it mostly strategic planning, or is it? you um,
1: know? Some of it is. Uh, we we've been uh, uh, luckily for me, and my predecessors, and 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 many of the people that came before the team that's in place today, they kind of they laid a laid out a plan. You know, pretty pretty basis basic plan, and we've we've duplicated that over the years, but. Uh, a lot of it is uh, that team that I was telling you about. So um, Lock Supply is great. Um, it, it, I, I can't say enough about it. I could sit and tell you all day long how wonderful the organization is. Now that sounds a little bit uh, maybe arrogant coming from the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the position I have, but it, it really is. Uh, we're 100% employee owned. It's an ESOP. It has been since Mr. Lock passed away. Um, and it's been the, a great thing for the organization. Um, How does
0: that work? I read about that several times. Y'all have that. I mean, y'all
1: sure. advertise that,
0: I guess, pretty, yes. pretty pretty regularly. How does
1: that exactly work? So it's uh, the employees on the company. So what it is is they they um, after he passed away, his his widow uh, had the company and the management team at the time um he really wanted it to be the employee's company and so they sort of they fulfilled that and so what happens is you go to the bank and you borrow the money and you buy it from him and then you know you and they create shares and so it's gotcha and, and then it's you, relatively
0: publicly it's kind of like it, a public company but it's all but private. it's not yeah yeah it's, yeah,
1: it's uh, so there's shares and mm-hmm. then um, the associates as you pay off the the loan the associates um, get allocated shares as a percentage of their income and so those all those shares continue and then in uh, get allocated. So they bought 66% of the company in 2000 and then the remaining 34% in 04. And then in 2007 actually had it all paid off. So the entire wow. company was owned by the employees at that time. And so what happens is as as people retire or they exit the organization, their shares are purchased back. And then every year, those shares are then reallocated back to the other employees that remain. So
0: the company purchases shares from when yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. so gotcha. it's, it's
1: like an additional retirement. We have additional retirement benefit. Um, I, you know, we have several associates that have been there since inception and um, managing manager level associates, guys that operate the branches. And uh, there's uh, within five years, we'll have many, many millionaires. Wow! So it's it, it's it's a retirement benefit. It is Whoa. completely and totally that's what it's for.
0: Now, is there a way that you can? I mean, like a publicly traded company, is there a way that you can like see how much the company's worth? You know, your stocks are worth like <laughs> no, in a sense.
1: It, or? it's only value. ESOPs are only evaluated once a year. Okay. Um, it's not like uh, the stock market where it changes daily. Um, there's a finite number of shares. You can't add more, sell more. You gotcha. can't buy more. You know that kind of stuff. But gotcha. But it's that that part has been really good for the company. But as far as expansion and. Uh, man, the team that you put around you makes all the difference in the world. Um, e- giving associates uh, the ability and empowerment to make a decision um, is something um, that I would highly recommend, um, or else you're going to bury yourself. Yeah. Um, so I would. Um, I keep hitting your table, and that keeps making.
0: <laughs> oh, it's fine. Sorry. You probably can't even hear it on the mic.
1: No, it, <clears throat> it, but it, it but it's that that makes a big difference. But um, for us, we found something that worked. Uh, um, a model that we like, and we've tweaked it. Uh, Mike Musney, who is our COO today, he and I have worked together for a long time, and um, we kind of uh, have tweaked our building structure and the way things are laid out, and, and uh, plus a few other guys have uh, – we've just sort of got it kind of down to an art now. Um, and so it's just a matter of finding uh, communities that we want to be in, um, and then it's, uh, okay, find that, and now go find the guys, uh, the, the, the associates, people. Uh, to help manage those branches, um, our distribution center, you know, uh, continues to it's it's sort of maxed out. Um, Where is like
0: that? Is that in Oklahoma City as well? Uh, the south, distribution center?
1: southeast eighty second, nine thirty five. Gotcha. If you ever want to come by? I'll show you, give you a tour. It's it's roughly six hundred fifty thousand square feet. Wow. Um, it's it's on forty six acres.
0: That's awesome.
1: So it's uh, yeah, it's uh, we're we're in the middle of a lot of refurbishing the the original building. We're actually refurbishing right now the original warehouse. It was built in the sixties. Wow, and so it's it's going on, um, uh, and we do it all pretty much in house. We have a uh, we, really, yeah, we have a. You got
0: plumbers and electricians, I guess. Uh, you got all the supplies, and we got we got the supplies. <laughs> but
1: uh, yeah, we have we have a, a HVAC uh, contractors and electrician. We don't have a plumbing contractor. Uh, you make sure
0: them. that they're customers first before you hire.
1: Them? Well, <laughs> so we actually have a couple of the guys. They work for us. Oh, gotcha. So like, okay. they're, they're they're employees full time. Yeah, they're full time employees, but uh, but we. You know, with this many facilities, it, it makes more financial sense to sure. just hire a guy. Have your own. Yeah, have it in the house. But, but as far as expansion, when you're asking, man, it's it's – guys got to start with your people. Yeah. You don't do it without that. So right. I think if you um, understand your market and you understand your clientele, um, then you know where you need to expand to and what it takes. Um, and then it's just, you know, duplicate.
0: Keep doing it. <laughs>
1: just, re- just replicate what you're doing. Years yeah, and just years. Keep, just yeah. keep doing it. Yeah, we're we're really close to. Um, uh, we acquired a company last year in Virginia, um, and so we actually have some East Coast operations. Wow. We're very close to uh, locking up a lease uh, in the Midlothian area. It's a Richmond suburb, and so we'll be we'll have a lock supply out there as well. We're our, that'll be our. Uh, we're in seven states.
0: Gotcha. So. That's awesome. Do you at some point? You know, does it make more sense to, you know, acquire, like you're saying, acquire other businesses that are kind of in your same industry already at some point?
1: It it can. Um, it, geographically, if it works and makes sense, um, it, it definitely can. And we've looked at that and we still look at that. Um, we uh, in the last 18 months, we've made, uh, let's see, at the end of 18, we acquired a manufacturing facility that is also was a supplier. So Lock Supply is actually a customer of that supplier, but gotcha. they are also under the Lock Supply umbrella now too. Um, and that was our very first acquisition. And then um, last year in July, we acquired um, uh, a company called Resco, Richmond Electric Supply Company in Virginia. Uh, it's kind of expensive to do that, but uh, <laughs> but you can. Um, and if you get a good foundation underneath it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but then also organic growth is just as good sure a little less expensive
0: (laughs) of course yeah yeah Yeah. are you like and i guess this is kind of like your vision for the company or whatever do you are you more you had mentioned acquiring a supplier do you think that it makes more sense at this point that you guys start kind of vertically integrating in the sense that you start making your own products and stuff like that or
1: it it uh, to some degree. Um, so that particular supplier was uh, Cody company and, um, they had done, Lock Supply and Cody had done business for, uh, 30 plus years and their owner and Mr. Lock were, were friends. They, they uh, developed gotcha. a relationship. That's cool. And, um, so that was kind of neat. Um, the ESOP really appealed to the, um, John Cody was the, was the man and he passed away, I think in 2010 and his widow, um, was looking for a way to exit and, um, and so we started conversations. Tammy had Tammy Bryant, who was our previous CEO, had started conversations, and um, it seemed like a really good fit. Um, and and we just went down that road. Uh, the verticalness of it made sense. Um, the comfortability, the fact that we are a large portion of their business, uh, <laughs> made you feel like okay, even if this uh, didn't go well, at least there's some security with that. And so that was a good first step. Um, but the vertical nature of of things uh, makes sense in in this particular regard. That being said, too, a lot of HVAC distributors also own sheet metal manufacturing, and that's what they do.
0: Right. (laughs) Gotcha. That's cool. Are you – you said the ESOP – are you – how does that – how does it do decisions get made with an ESOP? Does it have to be approved by some sort of board or voting or something like that? Like big decisions like, like that. Big, like uh, Like acquiring a company. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So so there's a board of governance. So I'm governed by a, a board. Um, we have uh, um, two internal board members, uh, myself and and uh, our COO, and then uh, three external. Oh, gotcha. Um, but one of those board members is a pr- our previous CEO, and she's chairman oh, cool. of the board. Oh, cool. And then we have two. Uh, and she was the CEO for quite a while, right? Uh, since 2011. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Uh, and she'd been locked, Tammy had been locked since she was 17. And so if I tell you how long she's been there, then that's going to tell you how old she is. <laughs> and if she and then listens you're in trouble. to this, she'll be mad at <laughs> me. So, uh, no, she she was a uh, uh, wonderful, uh, great mentor, very phenom- cool. phenomenal lady. Uh, but anyway, she uh, um, she's chairman of the board. Um, oh, uh, gotcha. I had asked her to if she would please stay on. And, you know, she is a good balance uh we worked together very uh, for a long time and and um you know so i can always kind of lean on her for mentorship still yeah uh which is really good but then we have two other gentlemen that are outside that are in the industry and and uh really sharp guys um so so basically what happens if there's a company we want to acquire mm-hmm. um that that uh, my myself and the and my management team like mm-hmm. um you know, we take it to the board, and and the board has to f- have final approval. It comes down to a vote, basically. It, it, come, it can come. Is down it to unanimous
0: a vote, yeah. or just majority wins or majority? Majority. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: So they'll evaluate everything and and go through there. If there's something that, um, you know, if we need to go out and and uh, do some large capex stuff, mm-hmm. um, anything over a certain dollar amount, the board has to approve. Gotcha. So, so know, there's sa- rules safety. around it or whatever you want to call it. Checks and balances in place. But day to day operations, the board's not involved in. Of course. Uh, normal stuff. But when you start talking about adding debt to the bottom line and they're in debt to the uh, company they they get some say
0: that's interesting that's really
1: cool their main responsibility in an esop is to do what's best for the shareholders watch out for the which are the employees so yeah
0: Yeah, that makes sense how do you you talked about how a lot of your business or majority of your business i would imagine is b2b Mm -hmm. you know you're selling to professionals like you'd said How do you, because we do a lot of that as well, we are selling to, like you said, you know, whether it's a rodeo person, they're trying to win money, or whether they're a professional trainer, they're training horses for money, you know, or whatever. Um, How do you market to those people, or how do you guys market to professional, how
1: do you sell more, do you have sales reps, or, I mean. So, from a, so we have different business segments. Um, I um, Man, I should have brought Jerry with me. Jerry Herring's our uh, uh, VP of, uh, Sales and marketing, and he's the rodeo guy I was telling you about. Oh, gotcha. Or he used Forget to rode- bringing him with you. can yeah, he, have he, his own podcast. He should. On. <laughs> he should I know right? you should let me know. I'll Have him come down and visit. With That'd you. be There's awesome. A couple of guys that talk to you, but anyway, he um, um, would be able to talk more. And I, I don't know much about sure uh, what you guys do. And yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not yeah. A horse guy, but I can tell you that. Uh, Lock supply has multiple segments. So not only are we in plumbing, electrical and HVAC, but we're in the commercial thing, uh, businesses of those same things. And those are those are different. So you can an electrician that works residentially or a plumber that works residentially isn't always the same guy that works commercially. So they are separate tiers of of what goes on. And so the commercial guys, um, those are guys and the larger contractors, they kind of have their own salesmen. Um, so okay. a guy that calls on them and takes care of them, and then you've got a lot of smaller contractors, the individual plumber guy that maybe runs one or two trucks, mm-hmm. um, probably doesn't have a salesman, but he he frequents a location, and so the branch managers and the branch associates are they're in charge they're of they sort of taking keeping care of, tabs on take, those people. Yeah, take care of those guys, um, um, and so the the you know the guys that require a little bit more attention get a little bit more attention, <laughs> and and the other guys you know we we want to be able to service. Uh, you have a lot of individual plumbers, individual contractors, and so most distributors in in my opinion sometimes overlook those guys, and we don't overlook those guys. Those guys are those are the guys we want to take care of.
0: How do you set up I mean, is it just because it's employee owned and all that and they care more about the you know how do you set up? do you have a system around that?
1: As far as
0: keeping tabs who on take those guys of? or yeah uh
1: not well, it's their job. Uh, so, I mean, you know, they just so do we, it we, yeah so so everybody at Lock Supply in some fashion or another is incentivized by the company's success sure so at branch locations um, you know it's a sales driven um job it's a sales driven business okay the more successful the company is there's an incentive opportunity financials incentive opportunity uh, on a monthly and basis and not only you're not
0: reason. only talking about the employee owned you mean you know they're on some sort of commission yeah. is that what
1: you mean yeah it's not a commission it's 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 tied directly to the company's profitability so if the company is not profitable, then there's not there's not an incentive to be paid. But if the company is profitable and the associates make it profitable, then there's an incentive to be paid. Gotcha. And so there's there's a couple of different ways that we uh, pay our associates, and that that incentive is a big driver for a lot of people. Um, and so uh, when you're you know when you're talking about um, them wanting to succeed and take care of that contractor, I mean it actually is tied to their financial success. Right. But then also it's just a standard core. Should be right. Every, every business <laughs> is a service business, and right. you're supposed to be providing customer service, and there's an expectation there. So, yeah, um, it's it's that's what you sign up for, or at least I hope that's what they sign up for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, sometimes it's not for everybody, um, and that's okay. Uh, but uh, for 1,300 people, it seems to be for them. Yeah, um, and it seems to work really well.
0: And that's awesome. Did y'all have a large spike in business over the last, you know, 60 or 90 days? Or was it
1: about the same? Or uh, You know, ironically, Lock Supply has um, fared very well, especially from a residential standpoint. Yeah, um, We took a little bit different approach uh, to how we handled the COVID situation. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people shut their doors and wouldn't let, um, tr- uh, you know, their customers in. Uh, we did not do that. We put st- rules and standards in place, um, you know, that allowed for social distancing, disinfecting, you know, make sure six feet, you know, safe all these kind of right. safe practices. Um, and, and we pretty, uh, I feel like we communicated that pretty hard to everybody, like follow these rules and you'll be fine. Made but it actually important. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I wasn't going to tell a customer they can't come in our locations, um, I had one of my managers called me and asked me uh, while this was going on, and he said, what, "What about do you think about shutting down the restrooms and not allowing people to go in the restrooms?" And uh, I, I, <laughs> I said, "Well, I said let's let's think about it this way. I said, what if it was you that needed to come get a water heater for a customer that was out of hot water, and you needed to go to the restroom? Would you want that guy telling you no?" <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, fair point." And I said, "Listen, I, you know, if people are just passerby's and they're not really patrons and they're and they." You know, should you have the restroom open for everybody? Maybe not. Maybe that's something you draw a line for right now on. But as far as your customer, yeah, we're not going to do that. So yeah, I think that made a big difference.
0: Do you? Do you? You had mentioned something about a branch manager. Do you talk to? How does your hierarchy go? Is it you, and then what else? Kind of underneath you? I have uh, I have five
1: direct reports. <laughs> Six.
0: Don't miss anybody. I gotta mess up. Uh, <laughs>
1: Let's see. One, two, three, four. I have, yeah, I file like five direct reports, and then they all have their teams, and it just sort of spreads out for there. Okay. We're pretty flat. Um, there's we don't have a lot of middle management. Um, uh, there's there's only six officers in the company today, and um, um, at most I can see there being six or seven even over the next. And then and then everybody has their own departments they go to. But with that being said, I, I grew up in the company, so a lot of the people that have been here as long as I have and or longer. Oh, I, I you know, know them from other. Yeah. yeah. So I, I talked to, there's probably 15 or 20 managers that manage our branches today that I still have a pretty good relationship with and they call and we visit about various things. Um, and then we've got a lot of new younger guys coming up that are really rock stars and, yeah. um, you kind of get to know those, those as well. And, um, it, but, uh, we have an open door policy, so, uh, cool. anybody can call, I mean, I, uh, I won't say his name, but I mean, I got a phone call last night at nine o'clock from a branch manager. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, that's just awesome. asking me about some different stuff. But, um, so it's, it's, uh, that's pretty good. But as far as the direction, um, we're trying to put a few layers in place. And so we have directors of over the branches and, and all the selling locations. And then the, the officers, you know, have, like I said, their, their people and their teams. Um, and it just sort so of, so that ways there's some sort of up.
0: accountability and stuff like that basically. As, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As you as you're growing, if you're growing your business, I think, like you said, you know, you're you're wanting to grow and do stuff. It's uh, best advice I could give everybody. uh, When I when I first started a long time ago, there were kind of older school guys that really didn't want to teach people how to do what they knew because I think they did it out of fear for. you know, if I teach you, then you can take my job, right? <laughs> sure. Well, there's a there's a flip side to that, and the flip side is is if I'm the only one that knows anything, then I'm going to imprison myself and I'm going <laughs> to yeah. bury myself here, and I can never leave. I did that for well, years. That, yeah, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Or at least, in my opinion, yeah, that's, that's a bad bad practice. If you don't <laughs> if you don't trust people and empower them and teach them to do the right things, then you're never going to be able to do anything else. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, that's really that's really wise. Are you? As far as the distribution center, are you? Is the office and the distribution center kind of all in one? Yeah, it's in one large complex. Okay, gotcha. Is that a bulk of employees are there, or is
1: that kind of no? They so, uh, oh my gosh, man, what do we have there? Um, maybe three hundred people are there. Gotcha. And then Cody has about one hundred and fifty in Ennis, Texas. And then all the rest of the associates are at the different sales locations all throughout the okay. seven states. Spread out from there. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: On the distribution side, are you, how does that kind of work? Does everything come in there no matter what? Does some things, mm-hmm. we've kind of been struggling with this in our own business, does everything ship there no matter what? Or does some things go directly? Like if it's a full semi
1: load of something, does it?
0: Can it go directly to a store or something?
1: Yeah, I would say 98% of everything comes to the distribution center. Uh, my percentages might be off if sure. my, if my <laughs> ops guy listens to this. He'll, 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 he'll <laughs> complain. Uh, but um, it, most everything comes to the distribution center, Kay. and it's a, it, it works really well, especially with your vendors, as you're working with your vendors. But when you get full truckloads, um, like we have several locations that take full truckloads of water heaters or take equipment or flex duct or – uh, you, you name it. There are different areas where you can do that, and you take advantage of it. Um, but most everything does come through a distribution point. Gotcha. So from a vendor standpoint, vendors like that because they only have to ship to one location. They where are going? Other distributors in the nation, other friends of mine, don't have central distribution, um, and so they have, let's say, they have seventeen locations and no distribution. Their vendors have to ship to all seventeen. Mm-hmm. Well, that's mm-hmm. seven. two pallets here, two pallets yeah. here. Yeah. See, for us, that that's what Does I've it been. help your pricing a lot? Do you, do you yeah, think? There's, there's discounts involved. Yeah. Enough
0: to do you think? And this is probably the question everyone's asking: Is it enough to offset your distribution costs? You think, or absolutely, really? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I didn't know. Now, I've always wondered if people do it just to because of the organization and things are more accurate and you know
1: what I mean? I'm going to, so here's the deal. I grew up at lock where I only know that. Sure. Um, and what I know is it works very well. So uh, I guess it also works the other way because a lot of our friends don't have distribution centers, but I know uh, the larger they get, the more they want to talk about having distribution centers. Right. So, uh, I would say it works really well, but this again, in fairness is all I know.
0: Sure. Yeah. Did it, Where was the company kind of when you had started? Was it has it grown that much in in your span or has it always been
1: about the same size? No, it's grown quite a bit. Um, let's see, I started in '96 and I remember, man, we've probably added 40 sales locations gotcha since then. Um, if uh, and I'm uh, you know, it'd be a pretty hard guess um because I wasn't involved in in you know I was just a entry level kind of sure. guy pulling stuff but I remember enough a little bit I know that we've added probably 400,000 square feet in to that the distribution
0: time. you're saying just the distribution
1: center? Yeah. Whoa. because we let's see we added the east facility Two three plus some small ones close to that. I'd somewhere between three hundred fifty and four hundred thousand square feet wow. have been added. That's, That's crazy. crazy. So Did you know, Mister Lock? I I got to meet him twice.
0: Now, was it is it father son or was
1: it just? It was just him. It was just yeah, him. He, okay. He had a uh, he had a daughter, but she wasn't really involved in the business. Oh, gotcha. I think she worked at one of the locations, <laughs> but it wasn't uh, for a short period of time. But I don't I don't is uh, she still? I mean, does she still around or no. involved in anyway? Uh-uh. Gotcha.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting.
1: No, it's it's just the it's just the associates. No family members anymore. Um. I uh, I got to meet him twice. I met him once at the distribution center. I met him once at my open house uh, in Ponca City when I became uh, when he had an open house up there. Yeah, uh, he's a very uh, interesting fellow. Um, I I think in many ways ahead of his time. Um, you know, definitely oh. You know where I am, and, and most everybody would say to him, "I mean, if he doesn't start this, we're not here." Right. Um, but he, uh, he, I think he recognized some stuff early on, and and two a couple of gentlemen that worked for him for many years, Chuck Cross, Lou Severe, they um, uh, had, were very impactful in the business and the company, and they were longtime vice presidents, and two gentlemen that I worked with for a period of time as well, and um, uh, they would tell me stories about him and yeah. some stuff he would do. So it was pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. Are you talking about like where he came from to now? And then, you know, I feel like kind of your job as CEO is to see, you know, a few years in the future, at least, you know, to some point. Mm. Where do you think, you know, as at least in our business, you know, the feed industry is not <laughs> a very sexy business. You know, it's probably, you know, very <laughs> similar years. You know, HVAC and plumbing hasn't really changed much. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it has, but not, you yeah. know. Um, where do you see in five years from now, What are, what are you guys working on that, you know, you think the industry will lean towards and not necessarily like in the weeds of specific products or anything like that, but, you know, whether, you know, retail won't be important anymore or or delivery is going to be very important or our website or, you know, what is, what are
1: y'all focusing on? We, right now we spend, we spend a lot of time. um, We have an IT staff that's working. E-commerce is always a big conversation. So I, you know, there's different schools of thought uh, when it comes to e-commerce, um, especially in this industry. Um, and especially B2B. I mean, yeah. you know. So you, so you get into some discussions there. Um, first of all, you have to define what e-commerce is. So is email e-commerce? Um, is texting <laughs> e-commerce, right? So, right? so you get into those sort of discussions, but a lot of web development and stuff like that going on. Um, customers, uh, the generations that are coming into things now like to do things uh, remotely, Okay. Um, so, I mean, I could sort of envision with you guys the same way that we are. Um, we're trying to create tools that, that um, uh, work well for the new generation of contractors coming in, right? So mm-hmm. you, you're going to have that. You're going to have that turnover. We're getting ready to. Um, and so communicating with um, people and how they want to do business. Um, so is it still going to be the same, oh, I walk in and use you as my warehouse, or am I going to change the way I I communicate with you to order? And that's really, it's, that's, in my opinion, it's really just about the way in which you communicate. Mm -hmm. So, uh, before there were cell phones, you know, you came into the branch or you called on a landline, you went in, you picked up material. Well, now you can use a cell phone and maybe text an order in, or you can email and maybe do that, or you could just order it and then want to go pick it up. Mm -hmm. It's the same couple of processes are the same but it's it's just a different level of communication um and so there is some discussion and argument about what how much of that business will change um but i i think that's the biggest push that we have right now i can see you guys um, i don't know do you have a website yeah oh yes sir and yeah do your guys we're have...
0: trying to take orders online
1: and do next day delir- feed delivery and Does stuff it work, like that. Is we're that trying
0: to pretty be well? uh we're just getting it started Three or four months ago, but yeah, yeah it's it's. I can catching see that
1: on. being a very big deal for you guys, especially as you get uh, clientele. The same, the, mm-hmm. most of a, a lot of our business is built around repair and replacement, which is, um, it's reactionary. So your water heater goes out, you call so a plumber. Yeah, right. Yeah, so you, you, yeah. you need a plumber to change the water heater, or your heat and air goes out, and you need air conditioner. You call a technician so um, and the majority of those guys are not keeping stuff in stock right right I mean they're only the larger it's com- reactionary for them and then they're reactionary to you right I mean right only yeah. the larger guys are going to keep product on you hand think. yeah but a one-two-man shop he's not keeping four water heaters in his garage <laughs> yeah he so that's where we come into play okay. um so we're still we we, we want to make you got to live in both worlds we want to continue to do business that makes it easier for the smaller guy but you also have to continue to do business look to with, the future the other progression so yeah uh my vp of ops our vp of ops is, uh, we, he and i have bets about how much of business will switch to e-commerce over a period of time and all that kind of stuff are y'all
0: currently taking orders online and Not, store pickup or anything
1: a little bit mm-hmm. um it, here again A lot of our managers have great relationships with their customers. Mm -hmm. Customers sort of gravitate to the same stores. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of these guys, man, they'll text, they'll email, they do stuff like that. And is
0: that a program through, we just started a texting deal, but we got a program to where Three or four people can see it. So if one is not
1: available to answer, what's it called? Zip whip. Zip whip. Yeah. We we actually looked at that. I don't think uh, Kyle's put that in place. I don't think we have it in place. Okay. But I I know it's something they've been looking at and and something are thinking about. Uh, Yeah, because a couple of our friends have it. um, Gotcha. And they've done it. Um, We're still testing out. you know, how many of the cli- how much of the, cu- how many of the customers would do that? Right. Yeah. But I, I, I could see that being. A and move. that's
0: a little more unique because you're turning your landline. So like our regular store number into yeah. a MMS, you know, yeah. so it's, a, I don't know if that would work in your situation because they might text the wrong branch or.
1: <laughs> well, they've got, I think one of the one we looked at was called pro keep, huh. uh, I think, um, uh, Kyle was dealing with that, but he, but it basically that it took your, your same phone number and they could text to it and it would pop up on the screens. In oh, the gotcha. Location.
0: Kind of alerted. Yeah. yeah.
1: So they would, so you could use your same number, but they, they tied it into a web browser and you'd just keep that browser up and it would work like that. Gotcha. That's how Uh huh. Yeah.
0: Like, it's similar. Yeah. Something. Very similar. Um, that's interesting. Are you, what else, what else in your industry? As you far
1: think? as, uh, like you said, um, uh, it's not the sexiest thing but uh, the one thing that uh, i can we continue to talk about with with our associates is um, and we need to do a better job of and, and still doing that is reminding them that we are essential mm-hmm. um, so uh, you know what we serve and and the products we serve um, a lot of people in my opinion take for granted so you think about the things you use every day you use hot water you use your air conditioner you use your you use your closet which is your you go to the bathroom, right? You yeah. use a toilet. So these are all things that, that are necessities in life. <laughs> if you people, don't think it's essential, yeah, that's right. let
0: your plumbing go out. That's right. People, <laughs>
1: people take for granted, and they stop, and they you know your lights don't work, right? You're, um, and so all of these things um, that people sometimes, I, I think, take for granted, and, and they just uh, diminish contractors. Like, you know, people want to do stuff themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which that's fine. Um, but I promise you, that plumber and that electrician and that HVAC technician—they went to school. Uh, mm-hmm. That they're a professional like anybody else, and they know what they're doing. And as technology changes, um, they become that much more important because, man, you don't want to be messing with some of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you you try to install a gas valve and you do it incorrectly. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, kaboom. You <laughs> yeah. know. So so you need you need these professionals out there doing their jobs, and and um, I, I see as technology moves. Uh, condensers are getting much more uh, a lot more technology water heaters are getting a lot more technology i mean just not it's not what it used to be and so i think these people are, are important um one of the things that we also sort of see is that um you have a generation of guys that are going to be retiring and not as many people coming in the trades and and mm. that's going to be real important i get i've asked, heard
0: trucking is kind of similar to that
1: i get asked uh if you're going to start a business what would it be Without question, I'd start a plumbing business tomorrow. Wow. Because there's there you're gonna have less and less Yeah Supply men. and demand. <laughs> and and you wanna, you know, look, is it the most exciting thing? I mean, you know, it's not like you're a movie star or anything, but yeah. If you wanna make a good living and you wanna have a good life and you wanna have a steady job. Yeah. Consistent know, income there's is a, there's a way to do that. <laughs> yeah.
0: It yeah. doesn't take many layoffs to get you yeah. <laughs> yeah. figure it out. Consistent income is yeah awesome huh that's really interesting anything else you can think of
1: uh, as far as the future yeah Uh you know as far as locks concerned we want to continue to try to expand and and serve more communities and um, grow our esop uh, the biggest bulk of my re- of my responsibility is to continue to grow the esop and increase the share value and you know it's and make things better for our associates
0: so. and how do you this is kind of the last question I could think of um, how do you, when you go to, you know, acquire, whether it's a company or a supplier, anything like that, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you, you might bring people in to help you with the, those decisions stuff like that. Of course, I, I don't know if you do that or not, but how do you, you know, go about doing something like that? What is, is there any like key indicators? Is it mostly gut feeling? Is it, you know what I mean? For like acquisitions? Mm-hmm. Uh, so. And I know every situation is so different.
1: It is different. Um, there was a, a CEO of another company that, that, uh, Tammy and I'd called a few years ago and just to get some advice. And she had made several acquisitions. Um, and she's now since retired of her, com- uh, from her company, but, um, we, we went about it. We tried to solicit companies to see if they were interested and, gotcha. and go uh, around that. But we had talked to her and she said, you know, quite frankly, almost every acquisition that she had made was built on a relationship from five, 10, 15 years ago. So it's just a relationship business. So Cody Company, we acquired, was a relationship for more than 30 years. Um, the East Coast operation that we acquired, Resco, I met him at one of the AD conferences, mm. and we developed a relationship and just happened to be on a fluke phone call uh, just talking one day, and he was telling me what he was thinking about doing, and I made a comment. Uh, uh, it's like, well, man, if you're going to sell, call me. And he's like, are you, "Are you serious?" And I said, "Absolutely, we we would definitely be interested." And yeah, that's so, that's crazy. And it was just a relationship thing that we yeah. had. So, so both of ours sort of fit true with what she had said. Is is it's just about building relationships and networking and um, getting to know other businesses in your industry, mm-hmm. and then you never know what can happen. Mm-hmm. So I've always great. wondered that
0: of the soliciting other, you know, because you hear about a lot of other big companies like such yeah. as wants to buy me. You know, I've always wondered if that, but I always felt like not that it wouldn't work, but that you would never get anywhere close to a, a fair price because they're not even wanting to
1: sell, you know, or whatever. Like, yeah, you brought the idea up. <laughs> well, there's, there's, so
0: as we uh, wondered about
1: that. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's mostly the, I mean, I see your point. Um, I, I know that uh, I know some people that I network with that sold their company that didn't think they were going to, um, and you know, I can't speak for them, but I imagine, um, they didn't want to sell. Um, but you know, you keep you keep raising a number i mean you're gonna reach a point where they say yeah okay
0: but that's what that's we can't do that that's what always blows my mind is i'm like if somebody came to me and we threw a number out there it would be way higher than we ever
1: you know wanted because they came to me yeah
0: but sometimes you hear those stories of like okay
1: and and that's what doesn't make sense i can name five companies right now that were had no intention of selling but they did so the only thing I can tell you is, is the number got large enough that they couldn't say no to.
0: Now, how does that work on the other? Do you think that there's, you know, from lock supply standpoint, if you bought a company and you're like, you know, you bought a company and they didn't want to sell, say for instance, is there other things that you guys know that they don't know, or is there, you know what I mean? Is it locations are this important, well, we, or
1: you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we well we wouldn't purchase a company that didn't want to be purchased sure uh it it wouldn't i don't know that we could get there because we're not those stories that i told you those are typically larger organizations that have deep pockets and they're publicly traded and so it's a whole different game we we don't have that kind of okay so we we don't have that kind of ability Uh huh in the real world so (laughs) no so when when we're doing it the owners um they have to want to sell to us and and they like the fit and the fact that we bring the esop to the table for their employees um if they didn't I got to be careful I don't want to say that people don't care about their employees uh, if they care about their employees and and, and they truly do an ESOP is a is a big deal gotcha uh, it's a big deal so for that's employees. a huge selling point for you guys Absolutely. when you're gonna acquire yes gotcha because it, it, it makes a world of difference for the associates they they become owners and they start you know once they're they're vested they be or excuse me once they're a part of the plan they start getting allocated shares and then it's it is a very big deal for them so um, but not everybody's interested in that. So, sure. You know, some people just want the most they're going to get, and they're out. And, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, <laughs> that's, left, that's what it is. Which is which is fine, but yeah. you know, there's just two different schools of thought. Yeah, so. that's really interesting.
0: Man, that's cool. I don't have anything else. 46 minutes. What do you think?
1: Did it fly by? Or? It went by pretty fast. That's yeah. what most people say. It flies by. Well, it flies by for me. So I I, I got to ask, was this? I mean interesting at all or what's for beneficial? me okay <laughs> well I, you know i, I i've uh, i didn't i haven't told you anything that i haven't said many times before pretty nerdy business type of questions, so you got to be into it though yeah so yeah there's no are
0: you pretty do you i mean do you have hobbies i mean i think everybody has hobbies somewhat outside of business but is business are you interested in business you know outside of Business and you
1: mean ha- do I am I interested in business outside of what my job is? Yeah, no,
0: no. What is your What no. are your hobbies like?
1: No, I like to play golf. Golf, my, my kids, okay. my wife. Um, uh, you know, I have a group of friends that I spend a lot of time with, but uh, I try to play as much golf as I can. I, you know, I'm a video game generation. You know, I'm old, but I still play games with my buddies. That's awesome. Um, you know, get beat up by little kids on occasion, but you know, <laughs> that, that's normal. Uh, but no, I I like to play golf. I'm a big OU fan. Um, you go to a lot of games, uh, or when they have them, I guess. I some, but not re- honestly. But uh, that core group of friends that I told you about, uh-huh. um, you know, we we try to get together for Watch every games. game and make gotcha. a deal out of it. And it's it's such you know it's uh, I plan things around OU games. Gotcha. You know, it's that kind of a deal. So. Yeah, it's a gathering, but no, it's man, just just normal stuff, but. Um, you know, when you're at the level that you're at and you're mm-hmm. growing a business, uh, once you're done with your day, you know, you, you don't want to go do more. You yeah. might, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't want to go do more. And, and you need to you need to have a good balance. Uh, th- my best advice to a lot of people is make sure you have a good balance between those two worlds. And and you know, don't shortchange one for the other. You can do it a little bit, but it'll come back and bite you if you don't watch it.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. Did you? How did your? Not to drag it on, but how did your, like through your age or whatever mm-hmm. were you kind of like in like district you know manager at in your 30s or how did that kind of no work?
1: i uh, i've always been younger for the position that i held um i, I don't know uh I just i'm really fortunate um yeah. and was noticed by the right people but um no I, I went to from a branch manager and then i left like i told you and then i started back over in the warehouse um, and then I'd spend a few months here, Man, and they I, booted you back down, huh? Well, that was sort of at my request. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Or <laughs> I told you I was like, I don't want to deal with the headache anymore. Oh, that's true. That's but true. that only lasted for about four months, and then yeah, like, all right, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I, I got over my sulking, you know, because uh, you know you fail. It's I mean it's it's. Yeah. It could be crushing. I mean, yeah. it was. It was a I tough, can't imagine it was a and tough time. And it's not like they pulled one over on you, but no, it it was it was just like man, I I mean, it was tough. Burned uh, you, yeah. And so I, I and your whole it. family was involved too, I guess. Yeah, my mom and dad, they had to restructure some stuff. My wife at the time, we were we were just getting married. It was right before we got married too, and uh, all this happened. And uh, she was all she was like, "We got to move back to Oklahoma City." Great, I'm fine, you know. So yeah, uh, and so it didn't bother her very much, but it, it was mentally defeating for me, and it took me a little bit to get over it, but. Once I did, um, uh, they started moving me around in the company a little bit. And, um, I, I went to, uh, I went from stocking to, to pulling orders for just a little bit. And then I went into the inventory department and they asked me to develop a program for, uh, the way our system handles shipping, shipping adjustments. And mm-hmm. then I did that for a while. And then they asked, uh, asked me to be an auditor. And so I was <laughs> an internal auditor for the company going around to stores and inventory and things like that. Gotcha. And then, um, I went from there to uh, in 2005 we bought a new ERP system which we currently still have today and I actually trained the almost the whole company for two years on how to use that system interesting Um, and then after that is when Tammy asked me to uh, become an understudy for Chuck and Louie who were the vice presidents I was telling you about oh cool and so I started working with those. And gentlemen. was she the
0: CEO at the time when she asked you that, or no, she was she, still
1: she was VP of HR? But she okay. their management team and their management at the time, the way they did things. They um, uh, Carter Marsh was the CEO at the time, but they they managed very differently, kind of than we do today. I mean, we still manage as a team, but there's more hierarchy in it today mm-hmm. than there was. Uh, just for it, it, on it's just better. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, if there's a, a way to say that. But anyway, they. <laughs> um, uh she asked me if I would be doing, it, and she sold that to the other members of management and and so they put me in that position and um that was a little tough being as young as I was but um, there was no better how b- old were you you know ended, um how old you were at that point um i was twenty nine or thirty Dang. and then um um uh, so it was a little tough for, especially for some associates but um was that like a public knowledge type of deal or is it just
0: like kinda you knew and they knew type of deal?
1: She uh as far as the company, how the company mm-hmm. operated. Mm-hmm. I, I had worked in several places within the organization and I knew the company pretty well. Um but I I, I just I guess Tammy just saw something in me and That's interesting. And that was you know, I, cool. I was very fortunate. So but i tell you some of the best time from a business standpoint was spending uh a lot of time with Chuck Cross i almost spent nearly every day with him for like 5 years and wow. i worked with louie for uh for a while as well and then um then when those gentlemen retired and and even a little bit before i started working close to tammy and after she became ceo in two, 2011 the beginning of 11 so i had a lot of grooming a lot of mentorship a lot of um a lot of being quiet and listening. Yeah, um, which I did not always do, uh, <laughs> and she would always pull me off to the side and like, "Okay, you need to, you got you got to watch how you, you, know, you up yeah." A yeah. She's like, "Don't don't talk so much, <laughs> just listen more." And uh, and so I went through some of that, which was good for me, and and now uh, yeah, I just uh, it just sort of progressed from there. So um, very fortunate. We actually, she wasn't supposed to retire for a couple more years, but and at the end of 2018, she decided to speed it up and we sort of stayed with the plan in place. So that's cool. That's good.
0: I got to ask you, do you do any plumbing
1: or HVAC Me? stuff? Yeah. Myself? Yeah. No. See, I've wondered that. I, wondered now that. I, have, co- I have contractors. Funny. So I tease, uh, my COO, Mike Moosey, he's been around the company for a long time, 35 years. And he's, and he's a, he, he could be a, a contractor. Sure. Right? He's, he's been around it so long. Jerry Herring, he's an electrician, all intents purpose. So these guys know, Yeah. but so they do sell a lot of their own stuff, but I tease them. I'm like, listen, how in the world can we sell to contractors and then you guys don't use the contractors? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's not how that works. That's true. That's a little hypocritical. So I tea yeah. but you know, they know, but no, that's I the actually, only reason you're doing it. I absolutely do not. I use our I use our customers and I <laughs> uh, have a set of guys that I use. They do all my stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's cool.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really I really appreciate you. Uh,
1: I Comment man, I appreciate you. the invite. And yeah. I and no joke, if you want um, um, Jerry can talk to you about horses and feed, and you can have all That's kinds fine. of fun with that. Maybe I can get uh, a customer out of there. Uh, huh? Yeah, you you might be able to. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. He's and He um his his he has a ten year old boy that I know he roped. I didn't know him when he roped, but he used to rope competitively, and, gotcha. and and he really did. And I I think he was pretty good. Yeah. And uh, but he doesn't, you know. He doesn't brag about that stuff, but I'm pretty sure he was pretty good. But his boy, he got into it. His youngest son is very into it, uh-huh. and he's like 10 now. And I know he ropes with him, and, and we talk a little bit about that. So I, he's getting into it. That's and, awesome. And, uh, you know, I don't know to put this on the tape, but I know he's, you know, Jerry spends a lot of dang money on horses. Yeah, uh, so, all of them do. Yeah. All of them do. So Those horses are expensive. I'll, uh, uh, you know, email me, and I'll give you Kay. his information, and you guys, uh, I'll i'll say hey and then klein is kyle klein is is vp of operations for lock okay and he's a younger he's early 30s okay and uh you know if you want to get a, a we tease him about being a millennial but if you want to <laughs> get a, a, a younger kind of sort of perspective on stuff yeah I, he would probably be interested too that'd be awesome good that'd be a really good cool.
0: guy yeah that'd be fun so. well cool cool well thank you so much john no problem yeah Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Chatter with Steve. My name is Steve Cook, the co-owner of Cook Feeding Outdoor in Oklahoma City. If you have any questions or need to get a hold of me or would like to be on the podcast, please send me an email at scooktt at gmail.com. That is S as in Steve Cook, T as in Tom, T as in Tom at gmail.com or reach out to me on social media. And I would love to talk to you. Thank you for listening.